0: How often have you ever asked yourself this critical question? And I think it's probably one of the most important and critical questions in your own life. I just don't think most people have ever really asked it. So let's talk about it. Welcome to the Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Drew Mofos, welcome back to another episode of the Underestimated Entrepreneur. For those of you who don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo, founder of Mojo Human Performance Institute, where we focus on helping people kick ass in life and create great results. And the way that we do that is through business, mindset, and lifestyle, hacking tips, tools, and strategies. The reason why I do these episodes is that most people waste their life, just don't want you to be one of them. So let's talk about this critical question. So the Spice Girls said it the best, and I'm gonna start off with a Spice Girls quote. Now, anyone who's gonna judge me for that, I'm cool with that. But anyway, the Spice Girls said, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Now, for most people in life, they don't really know what they want and they don't really know what they're aiming for in life. Like when you speak to most people, you go, what do you want? And they go, I want to be successful or I want to be happy. Or, you know, I just want to be comfortable. And you go, okay, cool. What does that look like? And let's say it's success for instance. And they go, well, you know, it's like, I just have enough money to be comfortable and I'm like achieving the things that I want. And you go, okay, cool. So you want to have enough money. Let's talk about success and money. So how does money make you successful? And you go, well, then I can do whatever I want, whatever I want, however I want. Okay, let's dig a little bit deeper. So why do you want that? And they go, well, so that I guess I can be free. And I go, excellent. So you wanna be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want, and that would mean that you're successful. And they go, yep. And I go, excellent. What are the downsides of that? And they sit there and they go, oh, there are none. And I go, bullshit if you want to be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want and however you want, that means you lack accountability. So if you have a lack of accountability, what are the chances that you're gonna self-sabotage and fuck up all your results? And they go, oh, yeah, I guess I never thought about that. And I go, I know, that's why we're talking about it. Now let's take another example where someone goes, I just want to be comfortable. go, excellent, okay, cool, what does that mean? And they go, oh, you know, I just get to cruise through life and I've got enough money to be able to do stuff and normally it's whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. Just want to be able to do whatever I want, go on holidays, make sure my family is supported and all that stuff. And I go, can't you do that now? And they go, yeah, but you know, it's sort of like, I'm not there yet. Like I want to have, you know, money in the bank where I don't have to worry about money anymore. I go, okay, cool. Who do you know who's not worried about money? And they go, I don't know. I guess if I was rich, like I'm sure Elon Musk doesn't worry about money. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? He sleeps in his friend's houses and he sleeps on the floor of his offices why? Because he wants to save money and put it into the company so that he can get his businesses to grow. Are you telling me he's not stressed about money? Do you think raising the capital for Twitter, when he had to buy Twitter, you think that was easy? Like, he just snapped his fingers and it was there? Or do you think he had massive problems in order to try and raise that capital and the amount of stress and pressure that he had to try and raise that much money? People wouldn't invest in him. People were criticizing him. The media were attacking him. Like, do you think he just woke up and just went, yeah, I just need, I don't know what it was, $40 billion or whatever, and everyone just went, here, Elon, here's a bunch of money. Like... No way, investors want their money back. They wanna know how they're going to make that money back. From my understanding, Twitter's not profitable or wasn't profitable. So he has to now make it profitable to pay back the investors or the investment bankers and all that sort of stuff. So he has a huge amount of stress and pressure. When Tesla's not viable or when Tesla has down months, he sleeps in the office. So you're telling me he doesn't have stress? I'm like, try again. And then what they realize is that they have a whole bunch of these fantasies and delusions around not having money stress. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that stress creates growth. So if stress creates growth and you're not stressed about money, what does that mean? That means your money ain't fucking growing. So if your money's not growing, what does that mean? It means it's going backwards and it's contracting. How long can money and wealth contract before you lose your shit? So the truth is that you need to get comfortable with having money pressure. I always have money stress every day. And it's a good stress. I love the stress because like I go to the gym in order to have physical stress, like I want to go to the gym and I want to have some sort of muscle soreness afterwards. Like I want to wake up the next day and go, oh, I had a good workout yesterday. To me, that's like the ultimate training session. That's like, you know, I did well. So if I wake up and I go, cool, money's easy. What does that mean? That means I'm about to make a stupid fucking decision with money, which is why most people make stupid decisions with money when they get a little bit more of it. You know, they get a pay rise, they go out and they blow it on something dumb or they go and get a new car, which then means that now they're still stuck in the same feelings and the same emotions and the same stresses that they had before. If your money's not tight and you're not consistently making your money and your wealth tight, and I talk a lot about this in our Thrive Time event, I also talk about it sometimes when I do special events for our Mojo Insiders or our internal community and those who have done Thrive Time, they get access to it. But when I do wealth events that you know they get access to, I talk a lot about this stuff. You have to get comfortable with financial pressure because if you don't, you'll never grow your money. And if your goal is to grow your finances and not contract it because either things grow or things die, nothing stays the same things expand or things contract, nothing stays the same. So if your wealth isn't expanding and your wealth's not growing, you know that it's contracting and dying. So when most people talk about this idea of, I just want to be comfortable, what they're saying is, I just want shit around me to die and contract. That's really what they're saying. And they don't even realize it because they don't understand the rules or the laws of the game of life or the universe. Now these are laws that can't be broken. Like have a look at any field of science, any intelligent field of science. Every one of them will say everything in the universe expands or contracts, nothing stays the same. Now, if you have a look at the laws of nature, things grow or things die, nothing stagnates or stays the same. If water stagnates, algae grows in it, so something else grows over the top of it, and it utilizes that thing, and it'll grow over it. So if you want to have shit growing over you, and you want to have stuff contracting and dying around you, then look for this idea of comfort then I'll normally ask another question. I'll say things like, okay, so let's take this idea of comfort, which I think is a stupid fucking idea and a very bad metric for life. So now let's talk about it. So now let's say you had $10 million, what would you do with it? Okay, and they go, well, I don't know, I'd probably go on a holiday and I go, excellent. So that's gonna make you more money or it's gonna lose you money? Oh, I guess it's gonna lose me money, excellent. You're gonna work harder or you're gonna work less? Oh, no, I'd probably work less. Excellent. So now there's more contraction. What else are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to go out and buy a bigger house. Okay, excellent. So now what's happened to your money? Can you just see that everything just leads to a massive contraction? This is exactly why cross-lotto winners in most cases, almost always, always, always end up worse than what they did before they started. Why? Because you take a bad habit and you amplify it. It just makes everything worse. So you take shitty money habits and poor financial patterns of behavior and you give them more money, they fucking blow it all. This is why kids of wealthy parents normally blow all the cash. Why? Because I've never had to do shit. Now, this is normally the third generation curse, which is well known in wealth circles. There's something called a third generation curse. The first generation is normally, they work extremely hard for their money. So they appreciate it, they understand it, and they've had to learn a lot. Then you get the second generation, in most cases, normally has the pressure on them and the expectation to take over the wealth. The original parent will put a lot of pressure on that parent, but that parent normally gives up things that are important to them to take over from their parent. The grandfather or the grandmother will normally be the one who works their ass off. The father will then normally take over from the grandfather and they'll have a lot of pressure and a lot of high expectations. Don't lose my fucking money. Make sure you grow it and the grandfather will be keeping the son accountable or the daughter accountable. Then by the time it gets to the third generation, the third generation has the parent who goes, I don't want you to miss out on what I missed out on in life. I don't want you to have all the pressure that I had in my life. I want you to go and do what you enjoy. And so they tend to take all the pressure off the third generation and there's a lack of accountability. There's a lack of responsibility for the welfare. The father now gives everything to the child and make sure that they're looked after so that they can go do whatever they want. But then there's not the pressure, there's not the accountability, there's not the learning and the teaching and all that sort of stuff. And the father is or the mother is normally a lot softer on the third generation Than what the grandfather or the grandmother was so by the third generation they grow up without the pressure without the stress and without the accountability and so then they end up just living a lifestyle where they can go do whatever they want and they know that mum or dad's going to bail them out and so then eventually if mum and dad die they inherit that money and then they just blow it all so it's called the third generation curse and it's very well known in world circles so without accountability without stress and without pressure most people fuck up their lives and you'll see this in hollywood where parent makes it they give everything to the child the child ends up an absolute drug addict no accountability, goes and crashes supercars or does all this dumb shit because they've never grown up with rules, boundaries, accountabilities, all that sort of stuff. And it happens quite a lot in Hollywood for whatever reason. So it's quite common, but it doesn't have to be. So when I explain this to someone, they're like, oh shit, I've never realized that. And so I'll ask people at my events, I'll say to them, so let's go to a time when you're really, really comfortable. How long can you be comfortable before you start becoming uncomfortable in your own mind, in your head? Now, most driven people who know that they're capable of so much more will go, actually shit, it's not long. So if I sit on the couch, let's say I've had a really busy week, I can sit on the couch for probably about half a day or whatever and I can just chill out and I feel okay. But I normally wanna be productive, so I'll journal or I'll have my computer there and I'll be doing something else. Lately, something that I actually got from a friend of mine, Dr. Andrew Locke. So he's probably one of the world's best well-known physiotherapists, especially in relation to pain and stuff. Andrew Locke gave me a brilliant idea. He said, if you wanna learn anatomy and physiology, one of the things that he does is he buys an anatomy and a physiology coloring in book and he sits there and he colors in at nighttime because what it does is it teaches you all the body parts and it teaches you like, so I've got the neuroscience coloring in book and so it talks about all the neurons and the dendrites and how they all work and everything like that. And so you just sit there and color in and you learn all the parts of the body of the brain or whatever. That's part of the way that I relax if I want to relax. So I still feel productive, but I'm actually relaxing mentally and I'm not you know, so engaged in a productive outcome. But for most people, if they're not being productive, their brain will kick in And so they'll start creating internal stress instead of having external stress. And the majority of the psychology industry, the mental health industry, and even just society in general don't understand this. Just because you don't have external pressure doesn't mean you don't create internal pressure. The pressure is always there and the stress is always there. If you have a lot of external stress, normally the pressure internally will be taken off that if you're focused and you'll just be working really, really hard. And you'll just be getting shit done. And at the end of the week, you'll be like, fuck yeah, I crushed it. Even though there was a lot of external pressure. Let's say you take away that external pressure and stress and you're just allowed to sit on the couch and chill and do nothing. After a while, a driven person will sit there, someone with goals and dreams and aspirations that hasn't had their accountabilities and responsibilities taken away by over babysitting or over nurturing them. What will happen is they'll sit there and they'll sit on the couch and they'll go, their brain will go, you're a piece of shit. Get up and do something. And they'll go, no, I need to relax. And your brain goes, You lazy bastard, get the fuck up off the couch, stop relaxing and go do shit. So our brain has a balancing mechanism or a thermostat, which knows when we're taking the piss. And if you get really good at listening to it, you will know how much time you need to relax. And in fact, the majority of Westernized society relaxes way too much, which is why I believe there's part of a mental health condition in our society. Like I hear people going, you know, we should have a four day work week. What are you going to do for the other three days? You're probably going to be self-destructive. You're probably going to spend more money, drink more alcohol, eat more food, do more destructive shit in your life. You're not going to be productive. Why do you want a four-day work week? Are you doing something you don't enjoy? Can you do things that are better for you and work seven days a week? Like I work seven days a week. I'll take time off when I need to. Like there are times where I'll go out with Jess and we go have breakfast. But normally we go out and have breakfast, but we go have a meeting over breakfast and we still connect over that way. I still spend time with her and we go watch a movie or something like that, but I feel like I'm being productive in our relationship. I don't just sit around and do sweet FA because I feel like shit. My brain kicks in and goes, you lazy piece of shit. But I can easily go and watch a movie with Jess at the movies knowing that I'm being productive in my relationship. I can easily take time away from work and go and train because I know that I'm being productive in my physical performance. So you have to know where your productivity is. But if you convince yourself like most Australians or most people in the Westernized world do that sitting around and resting is good for you? No, it's not. For most people, it is counterproductive, it is counterintuitive, and it will fuck with their mindset. And you just give a person a little bit too long on the couch and watch what happens. And I really believe that the reason why countries like Australia have an alcohol consumption problem is because on weekends, most people don't drink while they're working hard. They drink after work. They drink on weekends. The reason why I believe that that happens is because they're trying to dull that voice inside of their head that says, you lazy motherfucker, get up and go do shit that's productive. That's going to help you to achieve the outcomes you want. But instead, people justify that and go, yeah, but I feel good when I drink. No, you don't. You feel worse. Okay, you get more dizzy. Your thought processing isn't as good. I don't want to drink every now and again, but I also know that it affects my mental capacity. It affects my ability to be productive. I know that stuff. Unless I'm doing it to be productive in my social settings, or if I'm connecting with certain types of people, whatever, I might have a glass of wine, or I might have you know, some other drink or whatever, like a vodka or whatever. I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I'm just saying though, that most people on the weekends, they're just natural tendencies like, let's get smashed. What they're doing is they're trying to get smashed to stop those voices inside of their head, holding them accountable to what they have the potential to become. If you keep dulling those voices, then you're essentially dulling you. If you listen to those voices and you go, well, hang on, every time I sit around for too long, I feel like a piece of shit. How can I be productive and how can I get stuff done which helps me to achieve the lifestyle that I know that I'm capable of achieving, how can I go do that? And then what you'll start to do is you'll start to figure out a lifestyle that suits what you're really trying to achieve. And it's taken me a long, long time to figure this stuff out, which is why I teach it at Thrive Time, because it took me a long, long time. It took me over 10 years to start to create a life where I just wake up every day and I just do the same shit and I enjoy it. Now, when I say the same shit, I don't mean like every day I wake up at the same time, I do the same stuff and I do try to wake up at the same time and I do try to go to bed at the same time, but that doesn't mean that it always happens. And also like, you know, I'll have certain meetings on certain days and I try to keep that consistent, but that's always not consistent as well. Like sometimes things come out of whack, but like I might be working today and I'll just say to Jess, hey, do you want to go out for dinner tonight? She'll go, yeah, let's go out for dinner. And then so i will go out for dinner. So I can move things around in my calendar and stuff like that. I've spoken about how I use my calendar quite a lot on this podcast. So you can go back and listen to other episodes in regards to that. But you need to be flexible and adaptable, but really, really productive and make sure that it fits your lifestyle. Like my relationship with Jess is fucking amazing. When I say amazing, I'm not talking about fantasy lifestyle, Hollywood bullshit. I'm talking about like we challenge and support each other to get the best out of each other. And I love that about her. So I love going out and having dinner with her, but we also go out for breakfast and have work meetings. Or, you know, we'll set things up so that I can work in my best flow, my best capacity, but I want to work. It's not that I'm going out for breakfast to just sit there and pretend that there's no problems in life or that I don't want to achieve shit. That's completely counterproductive and counterintuitive to what I want to achieve. And my brain knows it, which is the reason why. If I do that stuff, it'll kick in, it'll fire up and remind me that I'm a lazy piece of shit that's going to get nowhere in life if I keep acting like this. And that's the voices I get inside my head. So I just don't do it because I'm like, I don't want that voice to be in there. I'd rather the voice go, hang on, you're better than this, go do shit. That's the voice that I want to keep. So I don't want to drown it out with alcohol and I don't want to drown it out by doing stuff that's not important and not going to help me to get where I want to get in life. Now, for some people, not everyone's going to work an 80 hour week. I would never, ever push that on people. What I'm saying is you need to set your life up to achieve the goals you want. If you have a high value, and this is where values are so important and they are so poorly taught in most events, most books and most seminars. But when you understand values at a high level, which is exactly what I teach at Thrive Time, and you understand them where you can just listen to someone talk for two minutes and go, I get their values. Or you know your own values that you make decisions based on your values in almost every decision you make throughout the day, then you get values and you know exactly how to use them. But let's say you've got a mother. If she wants to be a great mother, then for her, spending 80 hours a week focused on the children is probably gonna be the thing that gives her the most fulfillment in life and creates the most growth in life. But that is important to acknowledge. Now, being a great mum doesn't mean sitting on the couch with the kids, eating a whole bunch of shitty food, watching television, trying to distract yourself. That's not good parenting. And most good mums know that. So a good mother will then acknowledge that thing in her brain going, this isn't good, this isn't good for the kids. This isn't really what's helping them to grow and helping them to achieve. So if she acknowledges those internal voices, she can then get better And go, well, how can I do things with the kids that are better for them, that are better for me, that make me feel like I'm being a good mom? And how do I set my life up that way? So it might be taking the kids out for breakfast. It might be taking them for a walk. It might be going and doing stuff with them. It might be educating them in a different way. It might be teaching them things that they need to learn. There's so many things that that person could do that then makes everybody productive and achieves great results. My point of this whole episode is though, that you really, really need to know why you want what you want and why it's important to you. So remember the Spice skills analogy? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Most people don't know what they fucking want, which is why they don't get it. Until you know what you want and why you want it, then you'll never be able to get the thing that you really, really want. But most people never go deep enough because they live in a superficial life with a superficial mindset. And so they take everything at surface value and never look deeper into things. The first thing you've got to do if you want to achieve a great life is to look deeper into yourself. When you do that and you've got the right tools to break everything down and to understand things, you start achieving a great life. Anyway, Driven Mofos, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've been listening to this, please make sure you jump across to my Facebook page. I've been posting some more stuff up on there. MichaelMojo00, I've been sharing some of the lives and all that stuff that I've been doing. So there's extra bonus material and bonus content on there. Jump across to the Facebook page, MichaelMojo00 on Facebook. Make sure you hit the right page. There's some scammers and some hackers and stuff like that out there who have created false pages. Just make sure it is the MichaelMojo00 page. You'll know because it says underneath my name that it says entrepreneur. If they've created a different page, it will say something else. I saw one the other day that said like, home shopping or something like that. So yeah, just check you've got the right page. If I send you shit about crypto, you know that it's not really me because I don't spook crypto or any investment schemes or anything like that. I don't do any of that. So if anyone's hitting you up about that stuff, Make sure you report them first and then block them so that you don't keep getting them. Because, yeah, they're doing a lot of that stuff with a lot of people out there at the moment. It just seems to be a thing that they're doing. Just be careful of that. So jump across there. Also, my YouTube channel. I've been posting heaps more stuff and some, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. I've been posting some trainings. All of that is going up on my YouTube channel. So jump across MichaelMojo00 on YouTube or just type in MichaelMojo on the search bar. It'll pop up. Make sure you subscribe so that you get a lot of the most updated teachings, trainings, tools, and all that stuff as well. Anyway, Driven Mofos, have a great day. Thanks for being part of the community. Keep kicking ass and keep driving hard. I believe in you. Even if you don't, keep fucking pushing it. Get out there and go hard.